0: Hello and welcome to BimmerPod, the podcast for everything BMW. And here is your host, David Barrett. Hello, everyone. Welcome to BimmerPod. We're delighted that you could join us as more and more people are listening with each new episode. And thank you for that. Bimmerpod, as those of you who have been listening know, is about all things BMW, and we try to touch on topics that are relevant to anyone interested in BMW cars and SAVs, most importantly, M and other kind of more rare models. Remember, you can keep up to date by either subscribing via Apple Podcasts or to any of the major podcast distributors, so check it out and check us out, and you can visit our website at Bimmerpod.com. Mm. So We talked about the new rare BMW M3 CS, some interesting tidbits about BMW corporate and the design language and how people are picking their cars out, and a a lot of interesting information about electric vehicles and what's happening with BMW there. Um, So for this episode, we can start with a little bit of new news from BMW that you may have missed. So let's start by talking about B58. Everyone know what B58 is? Those of you that are truly Bimmerheads heads do. Those of you that are new to all of this, the B58 is an engine from BMW. It's one of the best engines they've ever made. Um, and it is uh, typically an M car and engine. Um, but did you know that other cars that don't carry the BMW logo use the B58 engine? Yep, it's true. The Morgan Plus 6 is a great example, which in the 1950s a certain kind of design look. Well, the Morgan Plus 6 is a new car, but it has that 1950s look, so it looks like a classic British Roadster. It has an optional six-speed transmission, and it uses the B58 engine. Add in the fact that it's an open-air driver's cabin, and this is a fantastic application for the Bimmer Power plant. The Grenader is a new startup product uh, from Ineos and it kind of looks like a cross between a Mercedes G-Wagon and a Land Rover Defender, and it also uses the B58. In this example, the unit is detuned to about 283 horsepower. It's a clever vehicle technologically, so everyone should keep their eye on it as it evolves. It's pretty interesting. And of course, as many of you know, The Toyota Supra is the most obvious collaborative use with BMW of the B58. Developed by Toyota alongside the BMW Z4, the Supra is fast, right? Getting to 60 miles an hour in under four seconds. The Z4 doesn't have a six-speed option, but the Supra does. And it actually is a pretty good-looking car. Just saying. So if you're comparing, like, Supra to G80... What?! We have to see what's going on with that. So if you are interested in engines and cars, then you also are probably going to be interested in what Alpha is doing, right? So for those of you out there who are Alpha fans, it's reported that Alfa Romeo is developing a competitor to the BMW iX, and it will launch the car within the next four or five years. This is separate from the 1,000 horsepower Giulia. That new vehicle supposedly is being being made specifically for North America and Chinese markets. Um, speaking of markets, BMW Group had a pretty good year in 2022, and if you ask any North American dealer, especially a dealer on the West Coast where I'm based, they'll tell you cars and SAVs were thin on the ground. A dealer that uh, I work with, Crevier, um, they typically have 400 BMWs on their lot at any one particular time, and in 2022, they were lucky to have 60. So to say that BMW had a good year, that's pretty remarkable considering that they weren't able to deliver the product that they could have. Overall, the BMW Group sold 2,399,632 units in 2022. That's about 4% lower than their 2021 sales which also takes into account supply chain, delays, issues, all that sort of thing. Uh, Sales of their uh, DVs were up over uh, 31%. The BMW Group's overall revenue increased to $172,553 million. BMW's Chinese partnership, which is called BMW Brilliance Automotive, Contributed quite a bit to the increase in sales. There was a slight increase in R and D, as well as some efforts put into the advancement of automated driving technology. Speaking of tech, BMW continues to invest in hydrogen. I'm really interested in this. Um, in the last episode, we talked a lot about electric cars and the fact that when we try and find a public charger, they often don't work. Lithium is expensive to mine. I'm sure there's other kinds of battery technology evolving, but the making of the battery to save the purchase of fuel, I mean, it's it's kind of a mixed-up environment, and so I'm really interested in hydrogen. The BMW iX5 hydrogen fuel cell SAV is being loaned to influencers, and there will be at least five units in the United States shortly. Currently there's not a lot of useful infrastructure for hydrogen anywhere but it really is an interesting concept. I mean, imagine the power and range potential without the use of heavy batteries and the fire threat that those batteries possess. I mean, hydrogen is highly compressed, um, but a proper hydrogen refueling network would probably require a station or two or three every couple hundred miles. So it's a tall order, but I'm interested. I mean, the only thing that comes out of a tailpipe of a hydrogen vehicle is water, water vapor, right? So I think that's a pretty interesting alternative, and I'm, I'm kind of interested to see what happens. What about you? What do you think? Let's talk a little bit more about maintenance. In this case, maintenance of a car you've owned for a while. How many of you have a BMW that's been in your garage for, I don't know, 10 years or more? I know that it's easy to lose track of what you're supposed to do unless you're very, very careful and attentive. So I'll give you a personal example. Uh, I've always prided myself on the condition of my vehicles. When I turn in a lease vehicle, the dealer is always like, well, we don't have to recon this at all. I mean, it's amazing. So that's kind of just how I feel about things. But it hasn't been necessarily the same for a car that I may own. So I have a 2002 Z3M Roadster, which I got as a wedding present for my amazing wife in 2002. And it's a joy. The S54 engine is perfect for a car of that size and weight. And now um, with 21 years of experience on it. It's got 46,000 miles uh, and that works out to an average of 2,190 miles per year. So it's definitely a weekend car or a getaway nice sunny day car near the beach. Um, and actually most of my car's mileage was put on in the first 10 years that I had it. Um, so since 2016 through now we put less than 3,000 miles on it. and That's kind of the rub here. It looks absolutely brand new. It's, it's red, and it's got the rare, very rare red roof, and the interior is black and red. Um, so that Imola red is striking. It was one of the last 10 units made, uh, and they were made here in the US. So I thought, wow, this car is in great shape. It's not good shape, it's in great shape. But I was wrong. Yep, nope. No problem, right? I called my local BMW dealer and told them, Hey, I took my car, my car to get smogged, and it failed. So can you please check that out? And the service writer said to me, For smog issues, we charge a minimum of $450 to start an evaluation. So I pushed back on that price. I told the service guy, Hey, the smog report says exactly what the problem is, and it should only take a few minutes to correct, but the dealer wasn't having it. So neither was I. So I started to look around for an independent shop as an alternative. So I found one near where I live in Costa Mesa. Bimmer and Ben's specialists on Placentia in Costa Mesa. The owner, Rocky, was fun and knowledgeable to speak with. I handed him the failed smog report. He nodded. I know what to do. It's kind of a magical thing, but we can get this fixed quickly, he told me. Rocky was very complimentary on how nice and lovely the M Roadster looked. And I must say, it does look, as I said, like it's a new car. It's all original. It's, uh, it's a pride and joy. We just love driving it when we do. So Rocky, well, he was true to his word. And the cost was about 20% of the cost the dealer wanted just to evaluate the cause of the problem. And that included getting it re-smogged, And it passed the smog, right? So that was the good news. That's that's the only good news. The bad news, at least for my ego, well, I asked Rocky to give the M Roadster a full inspection. When I got the inspection report back, well, I had to shake my head in disbelief, which then really evolved into, oh my goodness, I am an idiot about this. I really should have kept a closer eye on things. So truth be told, it's easy to miss things when you don't drive a vehicle a lot even easier when a pandemic takes 2.5 years away from your existence and from anything you remember, your memory's gone. You know, we did that six months ago. No, that was in 2019. It was three years ago. Oh, that pandemic thing really messes you up. But regardless of that, maintaining a sports car you drive on special occasions is something that you should keep track of. Pandemic, endemic, no-demic, whenever. Right? So, Rocky's report was extensive. It was very well done. And I was overdue, as in years overdue, for a lot of things. Engine oil service. Power steering fluid was past through. Brake fluid was like molasses. The engine air filter was black with Los Angeles air gunk. The rear diff fluid needed to be replaced. The transmission fluid needed to be replaced. Oh, and the battery? It was leaking. So, that sounds like a lot, right? But there's more. Um, The DME control unit needed to be updated. The engine cooling system needed to be replaced. Uh, And then there's the tires. I had Michelin Pilot Supersport tires that were showing very little wear, as you can guess, um, based on how much we drive it. But but when you look at when they were made, um, can you say hard as concrete? The tires on my M Roadster were made in 2015, except for one, which was made in 2011. That's more than a decade ago. And when I had them put on, I didn't bother to check looking at the manufactured date on the tire, which you could see on every tire. It'll show you when it was made big, important thing. Whenever you buy tires, check it out. Do not allow tires that are more than a year or 18 months old to be put on any vehicle that you own. Um, and it's really, really important. Even if the, the, the car has been driven a lot, as you drive the car, it will do what's called heat cycling, right? So every time I would get that M Roadster up to speed, these wonderful Michelin Pilot Super Sports were gripping like crazy, And then they would cool down and they were old and they sat. And so they became potentially dangerous. Not necessarily dangerous as in exploding, but, or, you know, having a blowout, but dangerous in the sense that they're not going to grip the way that you would expect them to, particularly if you're on a wet surface. So all of that service had to be done. And the tires had to be replaced. And what about things that? weren't necessarily wrong, like the suspension. It's a, you know, more than 21-year-old car. Um, Do I have to fix that, replace that? Well, the dampers weren't leaking, so I decided to leave that alone. So I started to think about stuff, you know, what kinds of other changes do I need to make so that I can be kind of on top of things, right? So right now, I'm in the midst of researching suspension options. I would say early on, that TC Klein has the best Z3M Roadster aftermarket solution. And it's something that I would think about. And it's interesting how you make friends. When I was last out uh, in the Palm Desert area at the thermal racetrack that BMW has, I drove with TC Klein. Uh, and he's a wonderful, nice guy. And just the fact that we had a good time chatting together made me think oh, I should just buy something from TC Klein because it's kind of. A way to show thanks for being like a, a bit of a tutor and having, having a nice a nice chat since we both drive competitively a lot. And then I thought, well, maybe I just uh, replace the dampers with OEM parts. Maybe that's you know all you need. I mean, one of the things that people often do when they upgrade their cars is they screw them up, right? Everyone makes parts that they want to sell to you, and everyone has an opinion about what those do. But for the most part, when BMW makes a car and offers it to the public, it certainly has compromises, right? So most of these cars understeer more than you would like them to. That's safer and stuff like that. But if you're talking about upgrading the suspension and stuff, you you have to. You, it becomes like being um, an audiophile, right? Your car's only as good as its weakest component. So if you're going to change the suspension, you have to really change everything you have to look at the alignment you have to look at how it's put together and how that impacts your tires and the wheels and there's just much more to it than just buying some dampers and some springs and so on so in an upcoming episode i'm going to talk more about what to do if you're interested in upgrading your suspension and tires overall i think the important points to take away from this experience include number one create a calendar reminder about vehicle maintenance. It's an easy thing to do. I mean, we can all, we, whether we use Google Sheets or use something in your phone or whatever it is, create a reminder for yourself to check on certain things at certain points in time. Because remember, point number two, it's not always about the miles driven, but the months as in time that have passed relative to maintenance. And number three, a local shop is in most cases a much better service solution than a dealership. And this is not to throw a dealership under the bus. Dealerships sell OEM parts, dealerships understand how to maintain cars to the manufacturer's specification. Independent shops, their labor is very often similar to a dealership now, but they have a a sense of knowledge and experience that goes beyond selling OEM parts. And that's why an independent shop such as Rocky's shop in Costa Mesa are so important. And it's really worth your time to take a look. If you've had your BMW long enough for it to be out of warranty, then that is, and you're going to keep it, finding a good independent shop is something that's really important. And then overall, Consider a full inspection every two or three years of your car. Um, That's going to help you have kind of a a paper trail. And that paper trail is going to be important not only for you relative to maintenance, but it's going to be relative to the resale value of the car if and when you decide to sell it. By maintaining a list of here's what we did at this time and here's what we did at this time, it's kind of like a Carfax report, but you've done it yourself and it's related to maintenance, not collision. So I want to have a special shout-out thanks to Rocky. Uh, his shop was really terrific in solving my various issues. And as an aside, even with old tires and an original suspension, after all the maintenance that I outlined and completed, well, the M Roadster drove great. I mean, I had such a great, what was going to be a 20-minute drive, but turned into a three-hour drive. So thanks, Bimmer and Ben Specialists. You guys are awesome. All right, everybody, that does it for this episode of BimmerPod. I truly appreciate your time. Hope you're learning a few new things about your favorite automotive brand, BMW, and enjoying my take on things as well. Remember, you can subscribe via Apple Podcasts or anywhere you might get your podcast shows. You can also visit us online at bimmerpod.com for the latest info on podcasts, events, and much more. I'm David Barrett. Thanks for listening.